getting the best out of LinkedIn. This is the Learning Podcast with Ennio Sung. Welcome to this episode of the Learning with me, Eni at Global.media. See, even if you live in a bunker, you'd have heard the mantra that you must not sell on LinkedIn. Experts say it, marketers preach it, LinkedIn users beg you not to sell to them on LinkedIn. So what does it mean not to sell on LinkedIn? If you can't sell on LinkedIn, how do you actually get people to buy from you? So in today's episode, we're gonna look at why LinkedIn is not the place to sell, what is wrong with selling on LinkedIn, and why you shouldn't do it if you actually want more business, how to get more buyers without selling on LinkedIn, and better ways to get connections to buy from you. So let's get into the important principle and why you shouldn't be selling on LinkedIn in the first place. See, for better, for, for better or for worse, LinkedIn is not the same as any other social media platform. Obviously, there's social, there are plenty of social networks out there, and each one is different in its own way. So while LinkedIn is certainly not the same as Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, or any of the other 200 social networks out there, they all have some similarities, which is what makes them social network channels. The similarities boil down to five things. The first one is that you can post content, which usually includes a description and some visuals, so either photos or videos. Another thing about social media channels is that you, you can comment like and share con on co content on there. On every social platform, pretty much you aim to build up your followers. So you connect with people that you want in your community and they can accept or not accept. On every chat social media platform, you can talk to other people, either through hashtags or through private messaging. And Almost every platform has some sort of news feed where you can see content that people post. The LinkedIn does all these things that every other social media platform does, but it is fundamentally different to all the others because it's a professional network. The LinkedIn users and LinkedIn itself don't see themselves as consumers in the true sense of the word even though obviously they buy things the same way that you and I do. So this weird view that you should only use LinkedIn to interact with business professionals, this is where openly selling on LinkedIn starts to be a problem. Many people will advise you that you shouldn't sell on social media full stop. So it's not only on LinkedIn that you should not be openly salesy, even though you're actually desperate for buyers. Now let's take a business network as a good example of how to network properly. I can tell you straight up that if you try to sell to pitch to everyone you meet in networking event, everyone will avoid you. You suddenly become like a stink bomb with extraordinary, extraordinary powers to clear spaces as people see you coming and leg it the other way. Now my listeners know how I love that analogy. So I'll be using this one to make my point today. So back to my point about what social media network users are thinking. 
Now start with the fact that no one likes to be sold to. You see, so it's a psychological quirk of humans that we like to believe that we make rational choices to invest in a product or service that we seek out, that we want, and we decide to buy on our own terms. Yeah, right. See, any good, any good marketer will tell you that buying is rarely a rational decision. And we know that there are many subtle and not so subtle things that we can do to elicit an emotional response from our potential buyer. The better we can trigger these emotional responses, that leads to buying behavior, then the greater the chance of someone actually buying from us. So the second mindset to bear in mind when we're looking at on LinkedIn especially, is that very few people go on social media with their debit card or credit card in hand ready to buy something. Facebook knows this. That's why they're forever banging on about enabling friends and family conversations when they make changes or do something else to make our lives even more difficult on the platform. Even Twitter will try and sell us a ruse that they're all about having your say on trending topics. That's how they frame virtually every change, every new function at the launch, even though what they're trying to do is make more money out of us, really. See, LinkedIn users take this being social on the network to the next level. Now they tell themselves that they're on there to build a network and interact about professional matters. See, with this professional network mindset, LinkedIn users almost have a guard up for anyone trying to sell them something, as, almost as soon as they log in. I can hear you say, if social media networks are not for selling, why do they allow you to advertise on there? The simple answer is that every social network makes money from ads. That's the way that they monetize the people on the network. People, businesses like you and I buy advertising, which pays the bills and gives access to their users. Now, people who advertise on social network know that 99% of social network users will ignore the ads. They will scroll past or literally when they see it, they'll pay no attention whatsoever. Ad, call it ad, ad blindness, you know, call it that. See, but what advertisers hope is that enough people are interested or attracted to respond to our ads. That way, this will get a return on our advertising spend. For some businesses, especially those who have any products and services, we just need a handful of buyers to make more than we spend on ads, which makes it worthwhile. Well, the little known fact is that if you have hundreds of thousands of pounds to spend, then you can realize the returns of ads on social networks. I mean, you know, the most successful advertisers on Facebook, for example, will spend upwards of a hundred thousand pounds on Facebook ads to make four times that. But because the small businesses out there don't spend anywhere near as much, their brand struggles for awareness and visibility, which makes it much harder to get the returns from ads that were promised. 
So what's wrong with sitting on LinkedIn in particular? And why shouldn't you do it? I was, I'll probably point to three issues in terms of why you shouldn't be wasting your money trying to sell on LinkedIn. The first one is the fact that most marketers don't pay for ads on LinkedIn. There might be subscriptions like Sales Navigator or Premium, but ads is not really what most people invest in. So the reason we don't invest in ads on LinkedIn is because LinkedIn's ad costs are frankly ridiculous and they're very expensive. They probably break most businesses. And also we know that you can, we can reach our target market on LinkedIn just by using these basic search functions and trying to connect to the right people in our target market. So I think the fact that we almost refuse to fill LinkedIn's coffers with our money is in part what makes LinkedIn itself take a tough stance against anyone trying to sell to our connections. But I also believe that the fact that we can sell on LinkedIn without filling LinkedIn coffers with our ad spend is in part what makes LinkedIn itself take the tough stance against people trying to sell to our LinkedIn connections. So let's move on now to another thing that's unique about your LinkedIn. See, on LinkedIn, me trying to sell to you essentially boils down to me connecting with you and then sending you a message that someone says that's too salesy. See, the fact that you're forced to see my message in your inbox on LinkedIn almost means that you can't unsee it after you've seen it because you have to respond to it. You either have to see it to decide that you don't want to engage with me. This is, you have to see it to decide that no thanks is going to be your response. Or you have to see it to decide to do nothing about it. You see, if I was to advertise on social networks, you know, you're not probably going to see my ads in any case. I mean, when you do, I mean, if I put, if the ad appears in the, on your news feed, chances are you look on your news feed and see it's very little. Even if you see it on your news feed, more chance you're going to just scroll past it and not really pay attention at all. Back to my ad blindness mentality that people have on social networks. Whereas LinkedIn users will tend to complain about you trying to sell to them and they might even scream spam because they've had to confront your message in any case because it's in the inbox. Now, moving on with our list of what's wrong with selling on LinkedIn, Many people forget that we tend to buy business services on LinkedIn, which is very different to buying consumer goods. To give you an example, when you buy a pair of shoes in a shop, if it doesn't fit the way you want it to fit, you can easily get your money back or dip the shoes at the bottom of your wardrobe or somewhere like that. Whereas if on LinkedIn, you know, you commission a CRM or other software from LinkedIn connection, then your purchase is much more likely to have wider implications. I mean, if it goes wrong, 
you tend to get a bigger dose of buyer's regret, which is something that most business buyers would try to avoid at all costs, even if it means paying more for the same thing somewhere else. So I think you have to go to the elevated sense of importance that LinkedIn users have and the hypervigilance about the precious professional network. That's a way to understand why many LinkedIn users will screen spam, if not in their, if not out loud and certainly in their heads. You have to go to the elevated sense of importance that many LinkedIn users have and the hypervigilance about their precious professional network which means that many LinkedIn users will scream spam, if not out loud, and certainly in their heads, as soon as they see anyone who openly admits that they want to sell them something. So I dare say often marketers tend to shoot themselves in the foot on LinkedIn when they go all out to sell. You see, the less experienced people will commit one of many sins that make them overly salesy. Sort of things they do, and one that, Many people just fire off a message to you about their amazing service and ask you to buy now. Now, whilst being proactive, the problem with this approach is that buying a service, as I've said, is very different to buying donuts or slippers, for example. You very rarely can you sell a service with a one-size-fits-all approach, like a donut, like a pair of shoes, like a ring. Now take choosing an accountant as an example. So we don't just pick an accountant off the shelf. Now you want to know that the person offering your accountancy service can actually do the accountancy tasks that you want done. You know, take me as an example, my accountant handles everything. I mean, everything to do with HMRC and tax, letters, emails, everything. And I don't know many accountants who actually do that sort of level of service. And without charging you a lot more than a standard service would cost. More than that, you know, most, of us, most of us like to work on an accountant that we actually get on with on a personal level. So sending me a link to buy your accountancy service on LinkedIn just won't work. Not least because you don't know what my needs are or if we're a good fit. Another mistake that people make when selling on LinkedIn is they tend to send a long, boring message with a rambling about a great service. And given that most of us are reading these messages on our mobile, the chances are I'm just not going to respond. I'm not, I'm not going to read your message in the first place. If I don't read your message in the first place, then I'm not, I'm not going to know what you do. And I'm, whether I may be interested or not, you're just going to go, go straight past you know, my vision and my consciousness. So in networking circles, they say, if you're going to explain your service and the difference you make in one to three sentences, in other words, in 30 seconds or less, then you don't understand your business well enough. So another scene people make when sitting on LinkedIn is that they believe and take on poor sales practices. See, they simply try to bombard you into buying. So you get a barrage of messages in the hope that you'll suddenly develop an interest. See, while I understand the importance of being persistent in marketing, 
Now, if I don't respond to your first two messages, the chances are I'm not going to respond to any more. I mean, the chance of me responding to message number four or five or six or seven is between zero and none. Don't do it because it does look like a desperate sales tactic. And, you know, you should rightly be cited for poor sales skills at the very least. The other poor salespeople on LinkedIn will send sleazy sales messages. Again, this makes them liable to be cited for spam. If you're wondering what sleazy sales message looks like, it's pretty much like clickbait. You know, if it's if your message is too pushy or sounds too good to be true, then you want to get the response one from a LinkedIn connection. And rightly so. Whether you send your messages, your sleazy messages all at once or over a period of time, the effect will likely be the same. All you do is simply annoy your LinkedIn connection and they won't be interested in buying from you. Now, many of the mistakes that people make on LinkedIn and want to try and sell is that they just don't factor in the sales process, the process of selling on LinkedIn, which comes down to a conversation on or off the platform. You know, literally, unless you're building that time to build a relationship with potential buyers, you're not going to have the chance to sell. It's essential that you take the conversation off LinkedIn if you want to get your LinkedIn connections to buy without forwards and backwards sales messages on LinkedIn itself. The risk of being salesy, especially if you commit any of the sins I've just mentioned, so LinkedIn users, by being pre-programmed themselves to not be sold to, can actually, can actively turn against you, even if you can, you can make a difference to, this, to the lives of their business. When they turn against you, essentially you get you sell less. Those that shout spam can flag you up to LinkedIn. Now, whilst in most cases, LinkedIn will do nothing to you at all based on such reports and isolation from your connections, no one likes to have a black market against them, mate. I'm hoping by now you've got the idea that I'm not, I'm not particularly a favorite of this, you can't sell to me a LinkedIn mentality. The reason I'm not, I'm not so much against trying to sell on LinkedIn is that almost everyone I know on LinkedIn is trying to sell. Whether you're on a big business or a small business, you're trying to find buyers. So let's not pretend that People trying to sell to you such a heinous crime. It is not. Hey, what? I'm just a LinkedIn user and marketer. How can you get people to actually buy from you on LinkedIn? I think you have to look at LinkedIn as a global network. That's what it is after all. And in, in networking, you really don't have to sell. If you follow good marks and practices, and have a big business built on solid foundations, then you will literally progress towards the sale with the right people. See, I came across a statement by Rand Fishkin a few years ago, which at the time was controversial, apparently. It was provocative, they called it. But you know, it's affected the way I think about sales ever since. 
Now, now, what Rand said made perfect sense to me, which is that the best way to sell something, don't sell anything. Earn the awareness, respect, and trust of those who might buy. That's what I've always preached ever since. That's what I've tried to, to explain and implement for my clients. So let me break, let me break it down here. Well, the biggest thing you can do on LinkedIn, which Rand explained so eloquently, is that the point of marketing is to make potential customers aware of your products or services and the problems that we can help them with. So if you follow this approach of simply telling your LinkedIn connections or what you do and the issues you help with, then those who are interested will come back to you to find out more and how you may be able to help. This is not to say that some LinkedIn users won't cry foul because they will, you know, when you just tell them what you do. If from BNI to 4N to other informal networks like your partnerships, the most successful networkers don't bang on about their services and chuck around offers for you to buy. They tell engaging stories about the people they help and the difference they make to those people and how. That's what gets people interested in what they do. I can't emphasize enough that this approach of telling people what you do and leaving them to decide whether they have to come back to you if they're interested works best when you're talking to the right people in the first place. So the better your target market and the better you target the right people and connect with the right people, the more chances are that you're talking to the right people and they wouldn't do that. You never have to sell in the first place. Because when the right people see your message and your service, they will know whether you can help them or not. Now, the second thing that I would say to make sure that you don't have to sell on LinkedIn, is quite simply, don't be tempted to message your way on LinkedIn into a sell. People do business with people, especially when it comes to the bigger deal. And that they often come after several conversations of LinkedIn. In other words, have the conversation with potential buyers. You know, don't be surprised that people want to know what's behind your business. Ideally, they want to know that it's someone that they can like and trust. I mean, in networking circles, you know, know like and trust is a, you know, a world practice mantra. So they want to know whether you're one of those people that they can do business with really. Some people on LinkedIn want to be reassured that your solution is right for them. You see, a website will rarely tells you everything about anything, no matter how well designed it is. So a conversation should not be such a surprising thing to any LinkedIn marketer. I'll go back to my analogy of the networking stink bomb that you don't want to be. Any good networker will tell you that the quickest way to get someone interested in what you do is to be interested in what they do. That's why the one-to-ones are, are such a holy grail, both in networking and on LinkedIn. 
the same principles apply whether you're having a one-to-one -one with a LinkedIn connection or someone for a networking event. So instead of sending that message, trying to sell your product or service on LinkedIn, try a conversational approach. We're trying to find out more about what the other person does and their situation. If you offer to have a proper conversation of LinkedIn, either on the phone, video call, or a meeting, that's always the best way to have a proper chat. Otherwise, you'd stay virtual friends forever. And it's hard to do business with a virtual friend that you don't know, really know. So you'd be surprised how many times you find out in that conversation that you can actually help someone. In which case, then you may want to tell them how you can help and explore the options. So by your connection, giving you a context to establish that you may be able to benefit from your products and services, they're more likely to be receptive to how you can help and want to see your message as salesy. One of the points of the conversations of LinkedIn is to qualify whether the person is a genuine prospect you may, you may actually want to work with or not. Now, there's no point trying to sell to someone who doesn't need your help and is not actually interested in what you do. Another advice I would give in terms of how to get that sale on, you know, to your LinkedIn connections is genuinely be interested in who they are. For many people see every interaction with a potential buyer as a chance to sell. It's not. A conversation is a chance to find out about each other. Now, what do you do, your situation, your motivations, your challenges, as well as what they do, what the challenges are and what drives them. I know someone you know, who is a LinkedIn expert, in fact, who actively preaches and practices the fact that you shouldn't meet with anyone unless they fill in an audit or a questionnaire first. That way you can use your meeting as a chance to outline the services that you can provide to them and the cost. Look, I get that. I get the fact that you don't want to spend time meeting with people who may not ultimately buy from you at the end of the meeting. So while I can see how this explicit sales approach can help you narrow down your meetings to sales prospects, or maybe ready to buy, I'm much more open to building my, net, my network and relationships with a wide range of people. Going back to my good networker analogy, I tend to accept a request for a one-to-one -one, online or offline with pretty much anyone who invites me. One of the reasons I do this is simply the fact that yeah, I genuinely, I want to know what you do. You know, in case you can help me. And then trust me, people are much more open if they feel you're genuinely interested in them. And you show your interest, not by pitching to them when you meet with them, but by asking more questions and trying to be curious about who they are and what they do and how you may be able to help them. Add to this the fact that I like to build relationships. And many of them come back like a boomerang one day because of that relationship and that conversation that we had. Now, one of the genuine ways to show that you, you, know, you are not 
of Lisozi is to simply admit and accept when someone that you think is a prospect does not accept what you're offering. Now, pushy sales messages get you nowhere. So no matter how amazing your product may be, you have to accept some people are just not going to be interested in buying from you. Now, it may be that they're not, they have their own reason for not wanting to look into more into your offer. It may be that they're not actually interested in solving issue at that moment. They might have another supplier and they may not be able to afford your solution. In which case, you have to be prepared to say, I can't help you, move on. So you will get much more credibility from your connection, for your honesty and courtesy. And they may even refer you to network who can benefit from what you do. You should play your cards right. Again, you'd be amazed how many people come back to me and my clients after initially not being interested in buying. But the situation changes. And then they remember the conversation Sometimes it's weeks, sometimes even years later. So it's well worth building that relationship. Uh, I would say for, me, for most businesses, a lot of people will ignore the importance of branding. See how you look online, especially and offline as well, it does affect whether people want to do business with you or not. No one wants to do business with a company that they can't be sure you can trust. This is where having a solid business, business foundation matters. So no one wants to do business with a company that you can't be sure you know and can trust. This is where having a solid business foundation matters. Does your LinkedIn profile give you credibility? Does your online presence give you potential buyers confidence in your business? Are you plagued by complaints and negative comments? Potential buyers I'm much more likely to want to talk to you if they have confidence that they won't experience bias regret by doing business with you. You can't get customers on LinkedIn very easily without actually having to sell. The key takeaways that I want to leave you with today really is target the right people. Don't be shy about telling people what you do and how you help. And also be interested in also in how and what they do and how they help. So find out your connection situation and qualify those that you can help. Be open to having a real conversation of LinkedIn wherever possible. And accept that not everyone's ready to buy today. So be prepared to build a relationship over time until the time is right for them to buy. Last I'll say about not having to sell on LinkedIn ever is behave like a good networker. Now, if you want to do something in a networking event in person, then don't do it on LinkedIn Professional Network. That's it for today's episode of Learning with me, Eni, at global.media. I hope you've enjoyed listening with me. If you have, then please like, subscribe, share the learning so that you'll be the first to get notified when next episode comes out in a couple of weeks time happy listening we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the learning podcast 
Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast to stay ahead of your competition on LinkedIn and head to global.media.com to find out more.